BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Psychovertical Podcast. This is me, Andy Kirkpatrick, back again. Um, <laughs> every podcast seems to begin with me apologising for not having done a podcast for a while. Uh, I was, I was actually, I was actually wondering why I often uh, wait. You know, I have big breaks in in podcast in doing podcasts, and I think I've come to I think I've come to the conclusion. That if I got something like on my mind, that there's like if there's things going on, if there's things going on and it's like on my mind, and I don't want to, I don't feel like I want to go on a, po- a podcast and start talking about it. Uh, I think I'd rather. I think is that although it's hard to believe, like I get a lot of emails saying, "I oh, really like you, really like your podcast. I don't agree with everything you say." But blah blah blah, um, which I generally reply like I don't I don't agree with a lot of things I say myself. Um, is uh, so when there's something like in my mind that I feel like I'd, I want to say on the podcast, but I don't I don't I just don't think I should. Then I think I just don't do a podcast until that sort of thought in my head has uh, has um, kind of gone away, which is kind of. Which is, uh, I know it's kind of surprising that I want. Like at the, like at the, I think one of the things at the moment, like where I live, there's uh, a lot of Ukrainians here at the moment, and uh, like if you, you've got like where I live is like an Irish area, as in people speak Irish. It's like a, um, what's it called? It's called the, the anyway. So now it's like an Irish area where people, where everyone speaks Irish. So when my son was working in the the supermarket here, he was always. People always coming up to him and saying, ha, 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 ha. you know, whatever, that's probably racist. Anyway, so he was, uh, he was always like, I don't speak, I speak Sheffield, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, it's proper nice. This bread's proper nice. Ha, 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 proper nice. 
and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah. So at the moment, you've got you have more like you've got more chance of list of hearing someone speaking Russian because most Ukrainians speak Russian than you have of speaking Irish, which is uh, kind of weird. And also at the moment in Ireland, there's a there's being as a there's a very big um, sort of backlash against like mass immigration into Ireland. I think I think the population of Ireland increased by like a hundred thousand in this year. And like I've I've like really really noticed that like even you know being a being a, an immigrant myself to this country, I kind of really noticed a massive difference. So um so yeah so that's going on which is kind of making giving me like flashbacks to sort of feelings I had about like how this affects society and all the the upheaval um from living in the UK so uh so yeah so that's, so that's kind of on my mind and and also it's just um i just feel i just feel like this poor you know it's basically women there's just like you know like like in this village it's not a very big village but there's like dozens and dozens of ukrainian women and children and they're all basically stuffed in holiday homes and cottages that are for that are for rent and uh, like you know for, for for holiday makers like holiday season's coming up soon so they're gonna have to get teffed out there's, like, there's no like accommodation island like this was this was a problem before this happened you know lots of there's no not enough houses for people in Ireland. And now you've got like fifty thousand Ukrainians in Ireland as well, all living in hotels and stuff. It's like a really shitty. It's a really bad situation. Anyway, but I just feel I feel bad because I, f- I just think they're screwed. Like it's, they're, you know, it's just um, I don't know. I I just you know the whole Afghanistan, you know, like, you know the, you know, like this is why I didn't want to talk about it. But you know, but they're just screwed. Like America is just gonna just gonna just gonna walk away it's like it's anyway so it's a it's a bad situation so um so yeah so i think i've not because you have these things on my mind and i don't want to talk about them because it's like oh it's supposed to be about climbing and all, not about all this kind of stuff i just think i'll just i won't I just what talk about <laughs> I talk about anything at all uh, i remember like i had a big gap in my in my podcast because i had um there was two articles i read i think they were both on uk climbing and one of them was someone talking about um, diversity in the outdoors. This is someone who lived in. This was someone who lived in Scotland, like a young woman who was like on the mountain rescue team or whatever. And if you look, if you look to her, she was like you'd think she was Scottish, you know. But apparently, her pet one of her parents was originally from India or something or some kind of Indian heritage kind of thing but you would you wouldn't be able to tell that this was this was someone who would describe themselves as a woman of color but she's as like most people who describe have to describe themselves as something and generally you'd have to be described as that because you won't really be able to tell um I had a friend who was from Wales and he was very dark-skinned and he always used to say that um he had like Moorish blood from like the more the Moorish pirates who you know sort of came and took slaves from the Irish, you know, like the Devon and Cornwall and Ireland, Ireland and, well, Ireland as well, uh, Wales. And uh, she reckoned he had this kind of Moorish blood, which was quite funny. We used to make fun of him. And, uh, but anyway, so in this, in this, so this article about lack of diversity in, in Scotland, which is like 98% 
white Scottish people anyway. It's like it's it's quite it's, it's quite tricky to you know to for this to, this to be a thing. But um, she had something in there about how her mother that when she was at school, like people like her weren't allowed to do the Duke of Edinburgh Award. And in this interview, it's like. Oh, it was like a podcast on UK climbing. It was like, oh, I didn't realise that. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It was kind of insinuated, like the Duke of Edinburgh Award. He used to say, oh, we have, we don't want any brown people, you know, we don't want any you know, in in the Duke of Edinburgh Awards. And it was like, it was just, and it was just like left there, like this was this this was the thing. And I wrote, I wrote like I wrote to the person who did the podcast, and I also wrote to this woman, and just said like. I was like so. I was like really outraged, as I as I often am, am about these things. Like this person is tr- is talking about trying to get more people of color into the outdoors or whatever, or more women or whatever, um, and uh, more ginger not not gingerhead people in Scotland, probably need less of those, um, you know, boss eyed people and into the outdoors. And here's this the Duke of Edinburgh Award, Duke of Edinburgh scheme, which is probably got more more people into the outdoors who would not normally be there than anything else that has ever happened in the UK. And this person is just pissing all over it for her own self-aggrandizement, you know, like... And basically, the reason her mother wasn't allowed to go into the outdoors was nothing to do with Duke of Edinburgh. It was the culture of the Asian culture of, like... It was nothing... Like, it's... Rather than... Rather than piss on the the Indian culture, or whatever that girls were allowed to do that kind of thing, you know. While you know, it was anyway. So that that really that really pissed me off. And then and then the other thing, I'll just get it all off my chest, and I might do my podcast. And the other thing was uh, some another UK climbing thing. Now this is this is the this is why UK climbing is is dead. Basically, it's dead to me. But it's 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 it's, it's dead basically because it's just. Like there's been a few things where like I'm I'm kind of blocked on UK climbing, so I I, I made up like some some fo- some fake account like you, like you do you know, and uh, so I could like comment. But whenever I commented on anything, it just got it just got deleted. Um, maybe then it was me. I don't know. Um, I, did, I I called myself Andrew Kilpatrick, so maybe that was why. But yeah, I would just get like you would make a really. You'd make it. There was something about global warming and the disappearing ice cap, the disappearing glaciers of Mont Blanc, and I just commented like, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the the, the glaciers of Mont Blanc used to go all the way to the, to the, you know, the Mediterranean and all the way to Geneva and stuff. Um, it's just an observation. Anyway, it just got just gets deleted. You know, there's no like. Uh, Oh, that's a you know. I shall debate this point, and I'll, I'll throw loads of graphs at you or something to shut you up. Um, you know, it just just gets deleted. So you just get this. Um, don't know. It's just a, it's very anyway. But in this in this article, it was a woman again, another fucking woman. So I apologize if you're a woman. <laughs> another woman who was a who was trained to become a mountain guide. You know who, who and the, the mountain guides are bending over backwards. Like literally, like I I know this for a fact that they are lowering the standards, and I uh, this is this is anyway you can you can sue me for saying that, but this is this this is what anyway this is what's happening is they're they're desperate they're absolutely desperate to get women mountain guides in the like the British mountain guiding scheme, and you know they'll do anything to just bloody like even if I think they're probably going to get some 
you know, men mountain guides to transition to be women just so they can just say, look, look, look at this. We've got like, you know, so um, like Kenton Cool is going to be called, um, what would he call? What would Kenton Cool be called? Um, Ken, Can, Canula? Is that something, is that like something you stick up your, is that when you have a, <laughs> anyway. So, um, anyway, so, yeah, so in, in this thing, this person's like, this is what it's like trained to be a mountain guide, blah, blah, blah. But then just goes into a completely pissing all over the mountain guides, like, oh, they're all hyper macho and blah, blah. And, I'm, and I'd love to say to this to this person, I don't think I actually contacted this person. I just control myself. I was like, can you name name me a, a hyper masculine mountain guide? Like out of all the guides you've come across who helped you and been training you and trying to drag you through the system so they can have another fucking woman mountain guide. Um, like name me one. You'd be like, oh no, all the mountain guides I've you know interacted with, they're all like amazing and lovely and you know blah, inclusive and blah blah blah. And it's like, yeah, because you people. Like it, it, it's kind of it's like self defeating to want you're trying to get women to become mountain guides, but then you just like piss all over mountain guides and say they're all hyper masculine and women can do it better and blah 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 and it's just um it's just uh, it drives me mad like what something oh there was there was something just this week because it's women's 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 day <laughs> special women's day and. Uh, it was something on the Alp kit. Now we're like this. This kind of this kind of mentality is just, just it just bleeds into everything. Anyway, Alp kit. It was like some another woman like going along saying, "Here's some tips for women. See, so basically, you don't get raped in the outdoors. Like, put your tent somewhere where no one can see it, and don't tell anyone where you're going." It reminded me a bit like the. Um, uh, American Wealth in London, you know, it's like how to avoid being killed by a werewolf. Don't, you know, don't go off the path, whatever you do. If you go into any pubs and people say you should leave, don't leave, stay in the pub, go into the toilets and sit and sleep in the toilets. It was just this kind of, it just like you're trying to get women to go into the outdoors. Don't start telling they're all going to be like raped by people or murdered. It's like, you know, it's just, it's just, just madness. And it's what it is. It's this like stealing attention, like just write about being a human being getting through the guide system, you know, like just write about trying to get more people into the outdoors in Scotland. Forget all the racial black, brown, God, you know, whatever, like just talk about getting people into the outdoors. Ideally, don't get people into the outdoors. There's too many fucking people in the outdoors already. Just tell them, tell them they're all going to get raped, basically, and then just get, get them told to fuck off and just go to the beach or something, go do something else, go to the gym or something. So, um, but yeah, it's just, it is like the lowest common denominator. You get the opportunity to write something or be on a podcast. And what do you do? You just, you just repeat, repeat this this lazy ass view of humanity and reality and it's god it's like so so depressing and i just feel like i i think they should get rid of women's day and they should have like iconoclast day where we get some people who were really you know who just <laughs> who just you know like stared the shit basically you just just said to people like what are you doing and just uh so my, one of my favourites is I've probably mentioned before is like Quentin Crisp, and uh, <laughs> I think I think when Lady Diana died, like everyone in, was in mourning, 
And and I think he said something like she got what she deserved or something. <laughs> it was something. Anyway, he but his point was like she knew what she was getting into when she joined when she married uh, you know the Prince of England or something. And uh, anyway, but but <laughs> quite like quite like people like that. So, but yeah. Anyway, I think everyone used to be like that at one point. Every where now it's just um, oh yeah. Anyway, so so yeah. I, I know I, sh- I shouldn't really I shouldn't really take it out on listeners to this podcast because you. A lot of you probably would agree with me if I made if I if with you know um, some of, some of these points because it is very it's really um, like a reductionist way of looking at the world and it just you're just propagating this this viewpoint this view, again there's been a real again there's been another rash of um, the the outdoors is very too white and middle class there was like some stupid article in the Guardian so now I've seen it appearing everywhere else. And you know, I feel like I've been like fighting this 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 battle for the outdoors for for quite a long time, and uh, you know, and people people will often say in private, like basically the 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 battle for the outdoors is a battle of of class, basically, and income. Um, you know, there's plenty of like Asian people. There's some black people, not not so many at the moment, uh, in the outdoors. But that doesn't mean you know that doesn't mean that the outdoors is racist or the you know it's it's just um but it's mainly to do with income really and also like culture like some people just don't are interested in the outdoors like why would you so it's yeah it's really like here here in Ireland you 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 just don't see anyone in the outdoors there's just no one like you'll go there's some amazing mountains here you'll like apart from one or two mountains which are popular because they have a big path going up them you you just there's no paths there's it's just really wild place to go walking and you know it's not because it's racist it's not because the english the english are built built them and you know like oh yeah the english they would shoot you if they saw you walk on a mountain so you know that therefore we don't go in the mountains there is there is something to do with like brigands and stuff like there used to be a lot of brigands in the mountains who would rob you and stuff but it's just it's just like a cultural thing that like people you know there's nothing there's nothing in the mountains there's no there's nothing there's no nothing if there's like gold in the mountains it'd be full of people but there there isn't so yeah like culture income all that kind of stuff you need a car to get to the mountains and you know, all that kind of stuff so anyway that's my that's my um that's my rant over so um just drink a little drink of tea and anyway, so, so I've got it's a uh, it's Saturday morning, so I've got to uh, go off and push this pram around soon. So I do. I, I just I just thought I'd just get some some podcast done before before then. Um, uh, uh, what? So I've got. A, I had a question about. I actually had two questions this week about navigation, which is um, which is interesting. So it's uh, so I thought I'd have a, I'd quickly touch on navigation. Now one of them was someone doing doing their ml training i don't know what ml stands for um martin luther training or something so uh i know like when people like i don't have any qualifications for anything do i have any qualifications mm, no don't have any quali- i don't have any qualifications uh, i'd like it'd be good wouldn't it, to have some qualifications anyway no i don't have any qualifications so i'm not like a i'm not like one of those people um who can just sort of you know sound not <laughs> someone who's knowledgeable i have no knowledge that's um that you can buy off me um 
so yeah, so so I know where Emmett when people when people start going down this um, mountain leader kind of route or becoming a mountain guide, they all kind of uh, they all kind of they all kind of turn out the same. They all they all become a bit too. I am I am I guess I'm a bit serious. They write all these books. Like if you read them, my books, like my instructional books, are kind of they're kind of serious. But you know, like people become very like um, you know do all this. You know, every time they get the bloody map out, they have to pick a bit, bit of bloody grass out of the ground and start pointing it with a piece of grass. You're like, use your bloody finger. Like you don't need to. You know, and they're always telling you what the bloody moss is, or like you know, it's like just just Christ Almighty, just. You know, so it's um, you know, so, it's a, so there's this thing where you get like uh, you get put in this machine and they like bombard you and you come out as like a mountain leader or something. Anyway, so uh, so for some reason this person wondered if I had any advice on um, on uh, navigation because I think I, I get I get the impression that nav the that navigation is a big um, a big worry for people when they're trying to pass these things, so. So, so, so let's have a thought. It's like going to the the Kirkpatrick brain bank of navigation. Like a lot of it is actually quite simple now. I guess navigation. I guess when I when I first started learning to when I first started learning to navigate, how did I learn to navigate? Didn't have YouTube then. Didn't really have. I don't I don't think I ever had a book about it. I think I probably just got a compass. I think I had a sil a, a mark. Is it a silver f- four or it is? Is it a silver mark four compass like the classic compass everybody has? I had I had, a, I had one of those. I had a I had some maps which were which were handy, and uh, so that the, they didn't you didn't have map cases and you did have map cases but they were crap and they were like really thick plastic and they just like flap around and flap you and hit you in the face and stuff. You'd got you looked like you were doing surveying or something. So most people had um, like a plastic bag, like a like a transparent plastic bag, and you put your map in there and stuff. And slowly, and then th- there was a period when someone had some stuff for proofing maps, waterproofing them, where you kind of painted it or something, or you stuck it in a bucket or something. I can't remember. But and then, but then, like more waterproof maps appeared, which was a gr- which was like really really good. So, um, so yeah. So how how did I learn to navigate? Now, so I was living in Hull. So this is when I was like, probably when I was like 15, 16, 17, learning to navigate. So I lived in Hull and I used to go on my bike, on my mountain bike, onto the Yorkshire, the Yorkshire Wolds. Are they called the Yorkshire Wolds? The Worlds. And it's just, uh, you've got the Yorkshire Moors. You've got the Peak District down. The, you know, you've got Peak District, is kind of level. So you got Liverpool and you got Man- you got Liverpool at one end of the motorway on the west coast, never each ready wheat, and you've got Hull on the east coast where I lived, and they're joined by a motorway, the M62, and there's a film actually. It only takes about probably takes like two and a half hours to drive the whole M62, and there's a film, and all it is is like being on the M62. It's by the guys KLF guy who did like all you know KLF the band, and. Uh, the bottom of the M62 is the Peak District, and then kind of above the M62 is kind of the the Yorkshire Dales, kind of. And then the bottom of the Yorkshire Dales, just near Hull, is the Yorkshire Walls, which is a very kind of rolling. There's no mountains, there's no there's no there's no hill, there's kind of hills, but very small hills, but very kind of rolling 
kind of a landscape. So, so I had a map for that area, and I would do a lot of mountain biking. Well, mountain biking, as in I had a mountain bike and I'd like cycle around on it. <laughs> I wasn't, doing, I wasn't doing any mountain biking. I was just like cycling. Basically, I had a bike and I just cycled around on it. And I would cycle around the Yorkshire Walls, and I would cycle up. Um, I would cycle up tracks and trails and uh, farmers' tracks and all that kind of stuff. So I think I think for me, that was probably my kind of introduction to to using a map. Like I didn't have to. I didn't have to use a compass, but I suppose like going some like learning to read a map, learning to use a map uh, somewhere. Where you haven't got like big massive mountains like Cadaridris or you know Ben Nevis or whatever, uh, it's quite. It's actually it's probably quite a good way of learning to read a map because you start. Um, it's a lot more subtle. It's not as it's not as defined. Like this is a massive valley with like thousand foot mountains on either side. It's um, this is a very shallow valley with like you know. 200 foot mount hills on either side and this is a you know the, and you and so you start um you start you start noticing uh very subtle things like subtle you know kinks in a river or um a slight you know like a concave kind of areas in the contours and all these kind of things so you so you start being able to sort of overlay, overlay the map onto the landscape and overlay the landscape onto the map. So without without using a compass and by by monitoring the map constantly, you know, you and and, and seeing where you're gonna be where you're going. You know, it's not just about knowing where you are on the map. It's about knowing where you're going and having a good memory, like a like some people are really good at you know, if you go somewhere once so, like, say if I was, like, driving somewhere, I was driving through London, and I'm going somewhere. So, as I'm turning, as I'm turning on t- in down some side road, I would see, like, a, a house with a green door. And then when I'm driving back again, I would remember there was a, I would see the green door, and I would remember that was where I had to turn. I would, you know, so you, so, so some people are very good at, like, um, you know, like, uh, Hans, is it Hansel and Gretel? Is that one where they like they put the drought the the breadcrumbs? So you so some people are good at like the the breadcrumbs kind of things, which is quite which is very important if you're going um, up and back down the same the same route. If you got if you're in the mountains, is is identifying little little tiny things. So um, so any so 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 going to the Yorkshire Walls, you know, you will look you'd be looking at. Like oh this is uh you know I'm going up this this farmer's farmer's field side of this farmer's field and I can see that there's a you know there's like a boundary here and then there's a, a trail here and there's a track here and and starting to under diff- understand the differences of things now this is this is something that's quite important later on in life is you have to like kind of a hundred percent trust the map but at the same time. Don't trust the map because some things, some things I I do change. Like I think I went somewhere recently, and there was this big like like a big um, track going up the mountain, and it wasn't on the map. And I don't know if this was uh, like it was actually maybe I was looking at the wrong map, but anyway, but it wasn't on the map. 
So it was very confusing because you were trying to, because you got so used to always trusting the map, and you're looking at this, you're looking at this hillside, and there's a big track going up the side of it, but it wasn't on the map at all. So you were like, so you start like having like doubts about the, about are you looking at the right mountain? Like what's what's going on? So, um, but you do need to, um, you do need to sort of hundred percent trust the map. And you need to start, and you, you also have to hundred percent trust the compass, but at the same time, don't trust them if you know what I mean. Um, you need, I guess, it's a level. Like you have to, like you have to trust them until you start having doubts, and then you have to don't trust your doubts. There's there's good doubts and there's bad doubts. There's like spider senses tingling, and then they're just making things fit reality, making reality fit your your false reality anyway I'll get I'll get to that so anyway so 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 looking at the map and and so look you're looking where you're going in the next say uh, the next 10 minutes the next hour you know the whole day and you so you're looking at the map and you're working it all out like often people you'll you'll do a you'll, you'll be going walking in the mountains and they'll get the map out and they'll just they'll say they'll say like oh this is where we're going they'll like point at the the summit or whatever, or they won't even look at where the summit is, but they'll, they'll work out where they are. This is this car park where we are, and then they'll just they'll just kind of look, they'll just like see where the which way the track is going, and they'll identify where the start of the track is, and then they'll just they'll just start walking. Where it is a good idea before you're doing anything is to look at the map, and actually really spend a few minutes looking at the entire the entire route. And, and trying to create this 3D model in your head of what that's going to look like. Can you see there's a stream here? There's a stream along here. There's a bridge here. Then we leave the path here and it zigzags backwards and it zigzags up the side. Blah, blah, blah. There's a lake here. We don't go to the lake. Uh, we get up onto the ridge here, blah, blah, blah. And you want to just just really build up a little a little like sketch map in your head of where it's going to be. Rather than just saying like, oh, we just look, we start going along this path. Put you put your map in your pocket, and you walk along. You walk past the where the where the path leads to track, and you walk to the lake. And you know, oh, we're not supposed to be at the lake. We're supposed to be back there somewhere. Get the map out. Oh, let's walk back there, and you know. And it's just um, so it's so it's good to look at get an entire view of the of the day, and and when you're looking at an entire view of the day, also look at like alternative um options like well if we went to, if we went to the lake um you know could we scramble up from the do we have to stay on the path could we go up look this this is a there's like a rib here and there is actually a very thin track going up there but also if there's no track you know we could just go up the, the it's not it's not super steep we could get up to this ridge and there's a track up there and blah 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 and if we get to the summit and it's and we don't want to come back the way we came up you know what other options are there, and and just just kind of just do it very quickly, just work it all out, and then and then set off on your on your walk, and you always you always want to have your ha your map close by. Now you don't you know you don't want to put it doesn't want to be in your rucksack. It needs to be. This is why people are obsessed about having um, map pockets in you know in their in their jackets. But you don't like personally. I don't. I don't like putting my map in my in my clothes just because it's just a big sweaty thing to stop the sweat from getting out. 
So I generally uh, keep my map case like stuffed in somewhere, like stuffed into my the belt of my rucksack or underneath the shoulder straps or somewhere. Um, and now, now map cases are there. Map cases are, are like there's only basically one map case to buy, and that's like an Autolib map case, and the you know the super transparent one. Now you want to. Uh, so what uh, any map case you've got is got to be attached to you somewhere somehow or other now you don't want to have it on a big piece of string that goes around your goes around your shoulders because then you know whenever you want to take your jacket off or unzip something or take your rucksack off it's it's, that's uh, you know and 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 taking the map off to do all that is you risk losing your map now sometimes like sometimes losing a map is like I know somebody they lost their map and they had to get the map rescued to come and rescue them because they didn't know where they were. So um, you know sometimes losing a map is probably just funny, but um, you really don't want to lose your map. You want to keep your map with you. It's there. You've got it for a reason. And also map cases are quite expensive. So I would say you always want to have your map like connected to your rucksack or something. So you know, always have some kind of uh, like you couldn't like bungee cord is is quite good apart from you always risk it like if you say your carabiner is like tucked into your waist belt and you're you're trying to yank it up um suddenly the the carabiner will pop out and it'll hit you in the face at high velocity knock your teeth out so probably just non non bungee kind of uh some cordage is a good idea and have the uh you know have it attached to a, a decent sized carabiner something that you can use you know you don't want like a tiny little stupid carabiner you want it you want something that's large enough that you can easily manipulate it with your with your gloves on and stuff clip it into whatever uh if you can't if you're going to clip it into your shoulder straps anywhere where you're going to clip it in it's often worth having something like some some rucksacks have like those like plastic d rings or something like it's worth having something that's like that you can clip a carabiner into more easily than clipping it through the webbing if you know what i mean it's a really tiny little point but you know having a having like a a delta shaped mayon or something on your like a small one like a you know three mil one on your rucksack or something is is uh makes it easier to clip things in and out of so so yeah so your your map always needs to be attached to you and it's also worth having um another carabiner on it or another attachment point on the map somewhere um so that so if you're trying to hold on to it it's not like just flapping flapping everywhere like you can um clip clip the other side into your other shoulder strap and then tuck it tuck it down into your belt or something so you can pick it up and look at it more easily but um uh like map case is actually quite quite hard to like if it, if it's if the map case is all sort of frosty and icy and you've got your big mitts on that they can actually be quite hard to manipulate i've never actually i've not actually done this but i've often wondered if you got those you can get like those little uh i think they're called toggle you know like toggles they're like little they're, they're for sailing you can get them different they're different colors and you get like big ones and medium ones i always thought it'd be quite handy to put one of those on two of the corners like a five mil one or something just so it'd be easier to something to hold on to anyway so um 
yeah, so I generally just have the map and I fold it in half and and I kind of I probably if I have if I ever depends where I am, like some areas, I'll just cut down the map so it's the size of the area where the mountains are. Like I don't I don't really I don't really need a map that shows like all the the land around it. Like if I'm gonna do if I'm gonna go walking over there, I'll probably just use my phone or something. I don't really need a proper map. So you know the the area where the where the meat of the the climbing is or the walking, I'd probably just have that map. So it's just it fo it folds up smaller in the map case as well. So um so I'll have so I'll have I'll just um try and keep that with me so I can just pull it out whenever I need to and I'll just like shove it under my shoulder strap or under my down into the belt of my my what's it um and uh like i'm not um inside my map and this is this is kind of a common thing like it's worth you know it's, it's worth having printing out a little thing of your of your pacing and your and your timings you know your time over 100 meters you know pacing time over 100 meters pacing time over like 500 meters and pace time over you know a thousand meters or whatever, and um, just just tape that inside the inside of your map case just so you can you know you can just write, you can remember it. I think my it's like yeah I've I've, I've anything to do with numbers I'm not I think I'm like a hundred meters in like seventy paces or whatever. So you know so so you you want all your all your information there so. Um, so yeah, um, and then your your compass, yeah, your compass needs to be somewhere, again where it's like easy, easy to get at, and somewhere that's not going to be broken. So again, when you when you're actually navigating, you don't want it in your rucksack. You need to have it in your in your pocket somewhere, and ideally, again, like it's worth having some way of clipping your compass into you. Like you could lark's foot your compass into your you know, whatever, into your jacket, uh, jacket zipper, or into, onto your rucksack thing, and um, you just want it, like, they do get, they do get broken, like, I seem to have had a lot of compasses in my life, like, the the bezel thing falls, the whole thing falls out, like, you pick up your compass and there's no compass, it's just like the plastic bit and it's fallen out, um, they don't like getting bashed too much, um, yeah, so, yeah, so if you, if you, if you're really, if you're really doing, like, a lot of navigation, like super intensive navigation, you can get some, you can get like a really good, uh, so like a really good, it's like a plastic, like a hard, pla you know, like a, you get like plastic um, holsters for guns where it's like a rigid plastic and the gun like just fits in there so you can pull it out. It's a bit like that, but for a compass, so you just attach it to your belt and you just like push it in and out, push it in and out. It protects it because it's very sort of hard plastic. But um, yeah, you want your compass somewhere where it's, it's kind of um, you know easy to use. Uh, if you're doing like a, if you're doing a lot, like sometimes you can just like lark's foot the compass onto your wrist and just like shove the compass up your up your the uh, cuff of your jacket. So you can just like pull it out, pull it and keep it you know um, uh, keep it ready. So so yeah, so you've got your you've got your map and you've your compass and you've you've learned. Yeah, you've learned the you've learned the basics of how to read a map without a compass, which is a good is which is a good a good technique. Like a compass, a compass is uh, yes, yes, it's the map. If it's the map, not the compass, really. Uh, the compass 
uh, you, and you can't use a you can't use a you know, a compass is no good without a map, but a map is actually quite good without a compass if you know what I mean. So so learning to use the map without the compass the compass to begin with is 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 a good idea. Uh, so that so that that kind of helped me early on because I I kind of got an idea of the scale. Like I found it, I think I was using like one to 50,000 maps. And then when I went to Scotland uh, and I had, uh, the first time I had like, is it one to 25 or whatever it is? First time I had one of those maps, it completely threw me because, you know, my perception of how long it would take to get anywhere on a map was was basically uh, uh, doubled or halved. Anyway, but anyway, it, it, it really... It really messed me up and also suddenly it was like so much detail and I just didn't you know I just I, I've really struggled with uh with 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 swapping so it's good to it's good to have you know it's just it's good to have to, to stick with one side of the map to begin with until you you know and if you if you're switching it's good it's good just to stay with the kind of map you used and I, I think like the you know one to fifty thousand you know people use those use those maps you know for 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 a long long time and they were completely fine i actually i actually once knew someone who had actually worked for Auden and survey back in the back in the day when this must have been probably in the 60s and he literally had to walk around with this chain like a big length of chain to measure everything and he just went all around you know it was some areas of the uk you know he spent you know months there just walking around with this length of chain like measuring everything and you know, drawing down the, you know, it's like really amazing how, how maps how maps get made. I guess now they're just done by by a satellite or something. But yeah, back in, it's amazing how 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 good they were back in the day. So so yeah, so you you yeah, so the compass itself, um, yeah, you need to learn all the the deviation stuff, um, uh. Like the like the measuring distance and all the just just you know go on go on YouTube and just watch a watch a video about a silver compass like how what it, what all the bits are for you know you know that kind of stuff so you got like a basic understanding of um, of what the what the the things are for um, uh, like how they work magnetic North Pole you know all that the north pole blah 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 all that kind of stuff and try and try and learn all that kind of stuff again like if you if the stuff you need to to remember about um you know adding and taking away like magnetic deviation again like write that onto your p print that on your little piece of paper like inside your map so you don't you don't forget like you don't like if you if you if you kind of ignore navigation and then you suddenly find yourself in a situation where if you don't get it right, you're going to be screwed. You're going to fall off a cliff or whatever. You're going to end up on the wrong side of a mountain, which has happened. Which has happened to me. Um, you know, that's not a time to start doing like a crash course in how to magnetic deviation or trying to remember all the all the stuff. Um, so yeah, having all, having all these things like written down somewhere is a is like a handy handy idea. Um, some people also have this, those, those little cards. I've never seen these cards where you can work out the the angle of the slope and stuff. But you can you can you can write all that down on your on your piece of paper as well. So you you know you put the compass on the the contour lines and you can work out the you know how steep it's going to be. 
And but again, it's about it's about um, like here where we live. There aren't there are there really aren't any any paths any anywhere. Like there's like maybe there's like one path or something. There's you know there's like slit there's like sheep sheep tracks, but sheep tracks generally just go you know round and round and round the mountain. So if you if you're going up up the side of somewhere or you're coming down somewhere you're basically having to look at the map and you're basically having to look at the you're looking at the the, the steepness of the you know the closest of the contour lines you're trying to you know you're trying to work out if there's like a drainage you know how steep is it like you don't want to fall down into a into like some you know down a waterfall or something you're also looking for like cliffs where it's going to cliff out so so it, so like so walking somewhere where you'd like walk trying to trying to learn to navigate in the Lake District or in the Peak District if you're just using paths is not is not gonna work. You really need to get off the path if you want to get good at navigating basically. Um and you probably wanna be doing it in the dark. You want you wanna be where you where you you know, you're kind of like semi lost in a way. You need to know where you you need to know where the start point is and then you want to uh set off and you know try and try and try and really find you know if you want to trust the map and you want to trust your compass then you're gonna to have to trust it basically you're gonna to have to go out and you know do really you're not trying to do big big long distances you're saying like you know i'm gonna walk um so i'm like in this uh so i'm standing at the on the track beginning of this track now over there in the darkness on the map there's a stream and I can see by the contour lines that the uh, you know the the stream isn't super wide. I can see like it's but it's got like a you know it, um, it's kind of deep, as in the the, the str- it's set deep into the ground because I see like there's a few contour lines going down into it, and uh, so that's like a that's like 150 meters away at this bearing. So I'll so I'll walk to the I'll walk to that. So you so you walk you walk to the bearing. And you and you get there, and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. There's the river. You know, it's it's within, it's within like ten paces of what it, what I thought it was. So so therefore the the ground is probably the ground is slowing me down a little bit. I'll 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 put that into my memory bank. Now I now I'll cross the river, and um, you know where can I cross the river? So you, you cross the river, but you but you you you're pacing it, so you know that. I have, I have to walk, you know, 50 meters up this river to find a way to cross it. So, you know, I look on the map. So I've gone 50 meters, and actually there, with my head torch, I can see the there's a curve in the stream there, and um, I can see the curve on my map. And I'm I'm 20 meters from that curve, and I'm 50 meters up from where I thought I was. So that I'm in the right place. So you cross the river, and now you're like you've got like a big hillside in the darkness. And what you want to do, you, you say, right, I want to get up to, uh, you know, this, you know, I want to get up to the the summit from from here with no tracks or no references. So you, so like the, what you do is, you, you know, you, you're going to set your, you're going to set your compass um, to, to where you're going. And so when you're, when you're like walking somewhere where it's featureless, what you, what you tend to do is you tend to, um, you, you tend to uh, point the compass at the, the the furthest thing you can see that's that's like memorable. So you might see a a rock or something or some some like in in uh, when you're in sort of the 
in the in the Antarctic kind of uh, Arctic wastes, you look at some sort of you like look at some sastrugi or something like a piece of ice that's maybe fifty meters away, and you're like you'll, you'll set your compass to well you know you'll you put the compass you put your compass in the line where you're going, and you'll see what you can see in that line, and you'll see a, a piece of sastrugi. And then you'll just like ski to that sastrugi, and then you'll set your compass, and you see some more sastrugi, and you'll. So you have to, you have to, you have to be able to like not get too distracted because all the sastrugi looks the same. But you're basically heading in this direction. So, so by going like it's like you know um, hopping from one very subtle thing to another, you're slowly working up towards this thing, and you also want to like you could. Uh, you know, you you could be pacing it, or you could like you could be timing it. So if you've been, um, you know, if if you know it's going to take you, um, you know, 500, 500 paces to get to this point, and 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 a certain amount of, a certain amount of time, then you, you know, if you if you find you're not there, or or say say you like you you're doing this, then suddenly you suddenly you're going downhill, or um, you know, like the, you, you again. You have to trust the map because what what people often do is when when something doesn't correspond to what they think is going to happen, they'll they'll start thinking maybe the maps maybe the maps wrong or maybe the compass is broken, and you, you really it's it's ninety nine percent of the time it's something you've done wrong, like you've not measured the distance correctly, and you've actually you're actually dropping down the other side of this ridge you've missed the summit and now you're on the way down the other side or you've misinterpreted the contour lines and actually the on the way up to the ridge there's actually a hollow and you're actually going down to this hollow before you start going up again so so whenever whenever you start having any doubt about what's going on um don't keep going on you know don't try and make make what's happening fit the map you know don't don't try and change the map to fit what's what you're seeing on the ground you know try and interpret what's happening to the to the map like um so 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 generally that means like stop what you're doing and think about where what's going on uh like sometimes you, like optimism is is a really dangerous thing it's an optimistic ap- attitude where it's like no let's keep going we'll we'll get there and blah blah and you start heading up or something or you're heading down and before you know it you're like you fall off a you fall over a cornice or the cornice collapses or you fall over a, a cliff or something or you you should always um as soon as you start having doubts like you should always have doubts you should always be thinking processing the whole time like um you know, the, is this the right? Am I going the right way? Is this, you know, like check, check, check? You know, this is it's the right angle, it's the right direction, the right, um, you know, like I shouldn't, I shouldn't be there. So it shouldn't be there yet. Like I once, we once did a, a really great the um, the uh, Glen Cohen horseshoe, which is a fantastic day out uh, in the Connemara Mountains here. Big ridge, better than like better than um, the Snowden horseshoe very wild up there there's no there's not many tracks or anything but i remember when we uh we did that we again this is a is a good example is we didn't really have the map out properly we weren't really reading the map 
we kind of walked along this track and then we came off the track and started just going up through the bog heading towards this ridge and you're going up the you're going up this ridge there isn't really a there isn't but we didn't really have the map out because we're like well we're on the ridge there's only one ridge this is this is it we get top top of the ridge we just walk we keep walking along the ridge all the way around the mountain and what we did is we got to the we thought we got to the fair summit and then um and it was very foggy so then actually and some of it's some of it's um very flat on the ridge so you need your map out then because you you could easily walk off the ridge or go you know start going the wrong. you think you're dropping down into a col before the next summit but you're actually dropping off the ridge if you know what i mean so and so 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 we got the compass out and we started navigating and what we didn't realize we hadn't actually reached the first we hadn't yeah we hadn't reached the first summit or the first summit we'd reached wasn't the summit if you know what i mean so we basically we were one we were one summit wrong so it meant that every single every single uh the compass was always wrong the compass <coughs> the compass was supposed to be pointing at the next summit but it wasn't it was like busy probably probably pointing backwards to the the, the actual summit so the, the whole day you know we were like there's something wrong with this compass like you know it's the path's going this way but it says we should be going this way and it was like there must yeah we must be maybe we brought like us we had we had like a southern hemisphere compass which wouldn't which wouldn't have caused this problem or you know the the compasses are all 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 our gear is is quite trash so it's like the compass must be broken there was like an air bubble in it or something anyway so we it was, it was only on the i think we were by by the time we got to the the last summit which was in the dark it was like dark and rainy and horrible weather um we like staggered up to this last summit and we're like oh thank god for that like and we started w walking down but instead of walking down we started going up and we're like what what's going on and it's like maybe this maybe the map's wrong maybe there's an extra maybe there's a whole other mountain that they forgot to put on here and then it like then the penny dropped that we just we were like we've been like one mountain you know short the whole way around so then we got to the top of this once we got to the end we knew where we were because that was the like then we could you know so so but it's a good example of even if you've got a lot of ex experience navigating you can get to this stupid situation where you're trying to your optimism or your hope or your wish is that you are in this place rather than the place you're actually you're actually at so um so you can't really i guess it's i guess you have to be kind of humble and you have to you know have to say you know it's very hard to say to somebody when you're the one with the map like hang on a minute i just i'm not quite sure where we are i just want to double check this thing now, if you're if you can see where you are, if you can see like peaks and you know you can hear a river or hear a stream or something, then it's then it's kind of uh, it's easier. But you know if if there really aren't any any landmarks or something, you know you have to start you have to say like hang on a minute, I might have made a mistake here. We're going downhill. We shouldn't be going downhill. And I remember once I went walking with someone and he was like and he was like we were a bit lost and he was like well this must go somewhere. <laughs> So it's not really the the after yeah with that in that time we ended up, ended up on a shooting range like an army shooting range, so, um, so yeah so sometimes it's like okay we are we are potentially well we're not we know where we are as in we're on this we're in this uh, 
this, you know, one kilometer square area of mountain. Um, but we don't know exactly where we are and we need to really know exactly where we are. So how are we going to, how are we going to work out that? Well, we know we didn't go, we haven't, we knew, we know we're on not, we're on this side of the, we're on this side of the mountain. So we know we're in this kind of area and we know that if we were to go like, um, east, the ground is, you know, the ground is going up to the east. So therefore we know, we know we're on the side of the mountain. So if we were to go in this direction, what would we hear oh, if we went, if we went in this direction and you, and you, oh, you might just have to go backwards. You might just have to say like, okay, let's stop. Let's walk back 200 meters, you know, like 200 meters ago or 300 meters ago. I knew, I kind of knew where we were. Like there was some, some sign there. There was some, there was a, it was like two streams that we crossed and, and that that's on the map. Let's walk back there. Let's follow the streams up. Let's blah, blah, blah. So, so it takes a little bit of humility to um to 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 admit that you but it's like you it's not easy navigating like don't you know you don't think it should be easy um you're you're having to interpret like a hell of a lot of different things like it's the how does the ground feel how does the ground feel under your feet like is one foot higher than the other like what's the angle like um things like the wind where's the wind coming from like oh well, the wind has been on our in our faces all day now suddenly the wind is uh is is behind us um why is that um look at this look at the shadow like well you know we we've been walking you know the sun's been over the here all day now suddenly the sun is like completely in a different direction um it, it should should that be right like in when you're skiing like in the when the, when there's when you're skiing and there's nothing to see like in the you know wherever green greenland antarctica or whatever what one of the big tricks is to look at the shadow from your ski pole cuz you know the shadow from your ski pole is going to change throughout the day but it's not going to change you know in an hour so you'll just you just ski and you'll have your um you just try and keep your 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 shadow in the same direction so so when you when you're doing this sort of micro navigation, micro like hundred meter, hundred meters, hundred meters from little bits of sastrugi or whatever, um, you you tend to not to use that, but that's more for like when it when you can't see anything. But when there's a bit of sun or whatever, you keep the sun up there, you keep the shadow on your ski pole, and just kind of walk in that direction. One one thing you can do is um, if you get a little piece of like ribbon and you attach the ribbon to your ski pole. So I'm not talking a massive bit of ribbon, like a little bit of ribbon, like, you know, like six inches of ribbon and you have it on your ski pole uh, up near the handle and you and you and you let it dangle down is um, you can see where the wind is blowing the ribbon. So, you know, that like, you know, the, the, the ribbon is blowing, you know, to the right of your right hand. Um, and uh, suddenly if it's like blowing in the opposite direction, uh, it might mean it might mean something. <laughs> it kind of it works in it works in greenland it might not work in like snowdonia or whatever so you know but you're, you're trying to interpret the the map you're interpreting the compass you might have a an altimeter watch you might have a gps um like again like gps's don't always aren't the panacea yet they're you know they're when we're in um alaska i think we had to walk I think we only had to we only had to walk between like two points of maybe a few hundred meters, 
And I remember we kind of got like really lost. Like it was the GPS was counting down to where we were going and it was saying to go in this direction. And then it started going, it started going up and then, but we were still pointing. It was like some, sometimes, you know, you'd be better just taking a bearing with a compass and just paste it out. Um, like on, on pacing, uh, like again, I'm like numerically challenged so I have like a, a couple of different pacing things. I have some like pacing bead things. I've got like a very good article on my Substack, Andy Kirkpatrick. Type, type in Andy Kirkpatrick Substack. And there's an article there about pacing beads, like everything you want to know about pacing beads. Like it's a really deep dive into pacing beads. And uh, you can have like, you know, five beads and then four beads you know every every fifth one you move a bead up a top, you know, blah 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 there's, there's loads of ways to do it. you can have a 10 beads you can have five beads you can blah 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 so so the having the bead thing is kind of handy if you're challenged having a clicker um like a like one of those metal clicker things um you know if you're going into a if you're getting on the, going into a nightclub or something they're kind of handy uh if you have a clicker there aren't the they're like metal, they're like a metal body, and you click the thing and it counts down. Uh, if you have one of those, it's worth um, unscrewing it and taking out the plastic. There's like a little, there's like a metal thing that's supposed to clip into you to carry it. Uh, take that bit out, the metal loop and the plastic part, and replace it with some cord, like tie a loop of cord with a knot in it, and shove the knot inside the gap, and then screw it back together again. Um, make it long enough that you can lock foot the thing into it. If you know what I mean, because a clicker's a clicker's kind of it's kind of easy to to, to drop it. Um, make the loop long enough that you can the the cuff on your jacket. If you put the loop through the cuff and then put the cuff the velcro back on, then you can uh, you, you can like hang it off your you know you can have it in your hand, but you can again you can like shove it into your into your wrist if you're not using it. But a clicker's kind of handy for uh, like sometimes it's quite hard to 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 pace because the weather's you know like it's like blowing a hewley. You're trying to navigate. You're trying to look at the compass. You're trying to you know like steady yourself on the ground. You've got your ice axe or whatever. So a a, a clicker is kind of handy and uh, it's good for both people to to count sometimes you know or to, or to check each other like when you come to like winter navigation like that's that's a whole different kettle of fish but a clicker is a good idea and again like uh we're, we're really we're really i'm really talking about learning to navigate less not just about how to navigate so you want to um you want you want to you want to do it a lot you want to keep doing it until you until you really, you know, somewhere where it's, you know, just go out, and t- go out onto a football field or something and navigate around the football field. Like, it sounds really pointless, but you will learn something. Like, every time you go out and practice navigating, and you could navigate to work in the morning, you could, you know, take a map, take pace out, walk to work, pacing out from this street to that street, that street to that street, look at the compass turning this street, blah, blah, blah. You can look like a bit of a knobhead, but it's... Uh, you know, like the more you the more you train to do something like this, the easier the easier it be- becomes. Like going out for you know a day practicing, and then you do your ML or whatever. It's that's not the way to do it. You need to you know go out like every night. You know, go out every night 
and just do a little bit of um, find somewhere just to just to practice um, again, like practice, get a GPS, practice with your GPS, practice with your pacing, practice with your pacing beads, practice with your clicker, practice with your compass, practice without a compass. Um, uh, get a map and get a piece of paper and uh, see where you're going to go. Draw out the route on a map on a piece of paper. You know, without that, so you haven't got the map. You just got the piece of paper. See if you can, you know, see if you can by transferring the information from the map onto a piece of paper. You might realize that some things are more important than others. You know, like the contour lines are actually more important than a lot of the than a lot of the features, like a path or whatever. Is um, like a path is kind of handy if you're on it. But if you're not on it, it's not it's not much use. But the you're always going to be on the contour lines. So understanding the contour line kind of thing is uh, really good. Um, get a map. Go on Google Maps, uh, Google Earth. Look at the look at the terrain from Google Earth. Try and look at the two of them. Compare them. Look at it from a different view. Uh, what do you call it? Where you've got like contour around. See everything. Um, uh, learn to pick up bits of grass <laughs> to look to look like you know what you're talking about and point at things with a piece of grass. That's that's very important. Um, but I guess I guess like remember you're always you're always a novice. Like eventually, if you go to somewhere long enough, you're not going to need a map. You know, you're just going to know it so well. You just, you don't need a map. You know, um, you you probably you don't need a compass. You don't need any of that kind of stuff. You know exactly where you are all the time, whether it's foggy or whatever. Um, but remember, you're you know you're always you're always learning. You know, you're always learning about the, the 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 landscape and the map and the compass and things that can go right, things to go wrong. Like once we were navigating off Corrie and Lochan and we got lost. And what the reason was, was my gloves had a magnet in them and the, the, the magnet was the magnet was making the compass go off. So instead of like, you know, heading towards this the, the track we were going to use to go down and this was in the dark we ended up heading up towards like the shelter stone or somewhere so so you know the, again it's like this um again it's like it's these layers of uh of safety of like warning like like come on andy we've been walking we're walking we're actually walking slightly uphill when we should be walking slightly downhill um you know, we're walking into the wind. The wind should probably be to the side of us, and so it's so it's little tiny subtle things. Like there's that really famous story. I don't know if it's true, about the Berghaus had this um, this meeting, and they had all the great the greatest climbers of the day. There was like a Mick Fowler and Andy Cave and Chris Bonington and Doug Scott, and they're all climbing in um, in a Shelterstone in Scotland in the winter. And they all topped out in the set at the same time, and it was like horrendous weather. And, uh, and Mick Fowler were like, "Mick, you can navigate us out because you're like the, the, you know, you're the the daddy of uh, winter climbing." So they all set off, and they're all like walking. And um, and then suddenly, someone, maybe Andy Cave, someone was like, "Like Mick, Mick, we're going the wrong way." And he was like, "No, no, it's this way or something." And he was like, "No, no, it's that way." And anyway, and he, he looked at his map, and he was like, "He said, Mick, you're going the wrong way." He said, "Like, look, you're going." You're going south instead of north, and he goes like, "No, that that means uh, 
that means north, the red one. And he said, no, that means like, no, I mean, you know, <laughs> the red one means south. And he's like, no, no, that means north. He said, no, it's like red for hot. You know, because it's, anyway. So um, I don't know if that's a true story. It probably wasn't McFowl. It's probably somebody else, but it's a funny story. So, so yeah, so when you when you're with other people who are navigating, you know, don't always trust them. Don't just switch off. Always look at the map as well. You know, don't don't undermine people by questioning everything. But just keep an eye on, you know, where you think you're going. Um, you know where, you know, you know if things are if things are going right. Because like generally, ninety nine percent of the time, if you get lost, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. You'll you can you know like I we once once did like the the fourteen peaks in where in Wales, and when we got to the last peak. We didn't have that piece of map and we just thought we could wing it and we ended up dropping down into this valley and walking down this valley and we basically ended up at like you know we're like at, maybe it was like 11 o'clock at night we got to this valley and we just had to drop down and get to the coast and get a train or get us someone's going to pick us up and then we dropped down into the wrong valley and we just started walking down this valley and we walked and we walked and we walked and we walked till about three o'clock in the morning when we got to this village and we were like, and there was like people like falling out of a pub somewhere at three in the morning. And I was like, excuse me, can you tell me where we are? And it was like, I think we're in Bethesda or somewhere. We'd done this like massive, massive walk in a big, almost like in a circle back to in a completely the wrong direction, like in the dark. So, you know, really what, I guess in those that was a good example of like oh this must go somewhere like walking down this we're going downhill that must be good um but it but it but it wasn't you know it's like oh all the valleys must head from here to the coast you know you can almost see it you know but we, but there was a the valley was like caving all the way back again the way we came so so yeah anyway I need to take, I need to take this baby for a walk um so yeah anyway so hopefully that was most of that is probably you've you've heard it all before it's uh like navigation isn't that difficult um it's probably one of those things that people make sound more difficult than it really is it's actually quite simple like most lots of people can do it so how hard can it be and um yeah so keep you keep sending in any questions any more mountain leader questions you know i'm your man unqualified um quote <laughs> unqualified viewpoints on these things and uh, I shall I shall endeavour to do another podcast. Hopefully, nothing will, will annoy me, and I'll just get on with life. Anyway, until next time.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.